Brian and Phil Tia. We're just a little bit of live and in real-time radio, and we try uh, to bring bring forward things that have to do uh, specifically with our part of the world, that is Raleigh, North Carolina, the South, those kinds of things. Uh, I can't remember who, who said it. They say if you can't remember who did a quote, always say Ben Franklin or uh, Mark Twain, and you, you'd be right most of the time. But in any event, one of those guys said... Uh, Everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. Well, we just like those people, but we do like to talk about the weather. And when we want to do that, one of the people we invite is Nick Petro, who is with the uh, NOAA's National Weather Service at the Centennial Campus here in Raleigh. And he's the Nick, I'm not going to be able to say it tonight, but the preparedness <laughs> meteorologist, the one who, who is a conduit between this is, Part of his job is he's a forecaster too, but uh, between the, the weather service and the media and the population to make sure that they understand what uh, the, what is being handed out and what it means. Did I do okay? You did perfect, uh, Tom. Uh, warning coordination meteorologist. Yeah, so there you uh, go. Preparedness, you got preparedness is part of that. Well, John and I were talking for a moment, and Nick, I suggested this to you. Uh, that when we got a, a real live weather person here, not that we don't have them at other times, but from our own local uh, office, uh, talking live on, on the phone spontaneously, it always seems good to, to have, have a little talk about how the weather is going. And it, we uh, we had you on, I think, the last time about uh, probably about six weeks ago, and we talked about the uh, the preparedness for. Springtime weather, which in North Carolina means severe storms, some hail, some lightning, possible tornadoes, and so on. And we've had a little bit of that. In fact, it was a kind of a rush of it, and it's it's uh, backed off a little bit lately. But I thought I'd ask you to talk about the weather this spring, how it's been going, and maybe review a couple of springs in the past when uh, what I was thinking of was the Red Springs tornadoes back in the spring of 1984. And uh, it was just 10 years ago that the tornado uh, came and hit Raleigh. So, uh, how about that? Yeah. So, so first off, uh, you know, for folks to because it's still early in the night. Uh, first thing I wanted to mention real quick was that it's going to get pretty chilly tonight. So, um, so if listeners in the uh, Triangle region and 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 um, you know are, are listening and have any sensitive plants outdoors, or if you started your garden already, like I did, you know. Um, you either want to bring those plants inside if they're uh, in containers or cover them up. And I thought it'd be good to start off with that because it's still, you know, 9 o'clock. So it's not, yeah. you know, the temperature hasn't quite, you know, dipped down low yet. There's still time to get out there and cover up that sensitive vegetation. Uh, you know, temperatures right now are in the mid-40s across the Triangle region. There is a frost advisory. And if you remember from this morning, if you got up this morning and, and, you know, you went outside about the low temperature time, which low temperature typically occurs around 6 to 7 a.m. Uh, every morning. If you were out between 6 and 7, you probably felt how chilly it was, downright cold. Uh, temperatures bottomed out around uh, freezing. It was, um, we tied a record at Raleigh-Durham International Airport this morning. A record minimum, we got down to 32 degrees. So, uh, so that hadn't happened since 1978, uh, where it got that cold on this day at RDU. So, you know, we got down to freezing. It's going to happen again uh, uh, tonight, maybe a degree or so warmer, but still, much like this morning, the only difference is 
tomorrow morning, there'll be a pretty good chance that there'll be some frost. So again, um, make sure uh, you know if you have if you started your garden already, go ahead and get that uh, covered up if you haven't done so already. Uh, while you're mentioning that, that's something that's contemporary and right right on the horizon out there. I looked at the weather uh, map and the other day and got one of those promptings that you folks are kind enough to send out, and there was a big red area splashed over most of the, the Piedmont and the Sand Hills. And it said, due to low humidities and high winds, don't be burning a whole lot of stuff today. And I think we have one of those uh, coming up uh, on either tomorrow or, or Saturday. Uh, uh, so that's another thing that uh, has required a special warning. Yeah, yeah. So, so what happens, too, and it's not uncommon when we get into really dry episodes like we had yesterday where uh, relative humidity is very, very low, very dry outside. Um, when you couple that with very gusty winds like we had yesterday, you probably remember uh, it, it was blowing around pretty good out there. You know, the combination of really low humidity, real dry conditions, coupled with very windy conditions, means that if, let's say, there was a brush fire or a wildfire that got started, uh, that fire would spread very, very rapidly. So the National Weather Service has a product for that, a warning product, that we call the red flag warning. And uh, anytime we issue a, a red flag warning like we did yesterday, that just means that if a, if a wildfire would start, it would probably get out of control very, very quickly. So what we advise people to do is to just don't, don't do any burning. Don't burn trash. Don't, don't, you know, obviously the foresters and the U.S. Forest Service and the North Carolina Forest Service Obviously, they, they know. They're in the business. They know not to do prescribed burns on those sorts of days. Uh, so, so uh, but, but just, you know, mainly, um, you know, for, for just local residents who might, you know, be in a rural area that uh, might burn trash or burn who knows what, uh, you know, anything like uh, if you start a burn, a pile burn, it could get out of control really rapidly on those red flag warning days. And, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for those situations to last a couple days. Um, you know, even tomorrow it'll be a little bit breezy. Uh, probably not a red flag warning day, but uh, certainly uh, still somewhat dry. So uh, what we have out tonight is a frost advisory, as I kind of alluded to. So, uh, so yeah, we, we have a watch, a warning, an advisory for just about any kind of hazardous weather. You know, when we talk about the hurricane season, uh, it's officially open from June 1st to, I think, November 30th. But you can point out that Right here where we are, uh, the the real high point, you know, if it's like a bell curve, is uh, somewhere around September 10th, I believe. Is there that kind of curve for for tornadoes in, in this region? I know this this is the ripe time of the year for tornadoes. Not that one could not occur at any time, but they tend to occur in the spring in North Carolina. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of another topic. Uh, you know, we uh, you, you you know you'd mentioned I was going to touch on is that. Uh, we are in the very peak, if you will, the, the middle, right in the peak of uh, North Carolina's springtime severe weather season. So just like you alluded to, Tom, when, uh, you know, mid-September, uh, early to mid-September is the peak of the hurricane season, we do have a peak of the tornado and severe weather season, uh, severe thunderstorm season, and that's basically right now. So uh, consider ourselves lucky that uh, we don't have any um, you know, severe storms uh, in the forecast, but I do want to remind folks 
that just because it's in the forecast or just because it's not in the forecast right now, that doesn't mean that things can't change pretty quickly. So, you know, this is a this is the time of year that uh, well, actually, I kind of like this time of year because um, if it's not severe thunderstorms, usually the weather's really nice, kind of like you know, uh, like we had today or like we'll have tomorrow uh, with plenty of sunshine. But I do want to point out that uh, uh, you know we just observed the ten-year uh, anniversary of the April 16, 2011 tornado outbreak. Uh, it seems like it was almost yesterday, but that was ten years ago. And uh, folks who uh, who are listening who who lived in this area uh, ten years ago will remember. Uh, you know that wasn't just you know if if you lived in this area ten years ago, you remember April 16, 2011, because that was a big big deal. I mean. You know, there were um, 30, 30 tornadoes that ripped across uh, North Carolina. So that was the one day, greatest number of tornadoes on any given day, uh, 30 tornadoes. I think uh, something like uh, uh, 24 people lost their lives in North Carolina um, when with uh, associated with all those uh, tornadoes. In fact, there were four fatalities in Wake County alone uh, due to an EF3 tornado. Uh, that started down in uh, Moore County and, and, and uh, went through Lee County. You might remember the Sanford tornado. We call that the Sanford Raleigh tornado because uh, after uh, ripping through uh, Sanford and Lee County, it came right up into uh, up near Holly Springs and right through basically downtown uh, Raleigh and then ended up in North Raleigh and Northeast Raleigh where there were a few more fatalities, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, so anyway, that, that was a, a devastating day. Um, with uh, tornadoes and as many tornadoes and fatalities that we had. That was 10 years ago. Nick, what I remember about that day is my wife said, Tom, uh, on TV they're saying that there's a tornado headed for South Raleigh. And I did a little mental triangulation in my mind, and it was headed for, guess what, your your place. It was on the Centennial campus. In fact, I think I heard that you had turned over control of the the weather stuff to uh, what is it, Blacksburg, Virginia, and yeah. uh, and the, and right on the other side, headed toward my house, is where Channel Five's studios are. And they had said to their people, you know, working cameras and everything, if you don't need to be on this floor, go to the basement, you know. So, but fortunately, it turned well for us. It, uh, unfortunately, it turned right and sort of skimmed around the edge of um, Shaw's campus, and like you said, sort of went right right up. Uh, Capitol Boulevard, as a matter of fact, and uh, yeah. just to the right of it, as a matter of fact. And yeah, so, uh, yeah. it, so go ahead. That was an incredible day. That was an incredible day. That was the first time the National Weather Service in Raleigh had ever issued a uh, product called the Tornado Emergency. So, uh, so that was uh, that was quite an incredible day. Uh, yeah, as you as you mentioned, um, you know, we we uh, our staff who was working uh, at one point thought that it was going to come right for the National Weather Service uh, building. And, and so uh, so our staff evacuated. Uh, fortunately, uh, National Weather Service up in Blacksburg, Virginia, was able to pick up our responsibility and our duties and and uh, help uh, issue subsequent warnings and, you know, help keep the, uh, the messaging going uh, while our folks were staying safe. Uh, one thing I remember, because uh, I, I wasn't here uh, when that event occurred, but uh, one thing that I remember a lot of uh, my colleagues who were here said that uh, after um, after that storm passed, they went outside and all that they could smell was the scent of pine, you know, because of uh, all the trees that were uh, snapped and, and broken right. and rooted and 
flop. Right, well, I went to the, uh, uh, you know, I've always had that plan that you talk about, and Mrs. Mrs. Kearney and I took the two cats and went to the basement. First time, we, first and only time we've ever done that, and we've been here a long time. So, uh, but after a while, I had my radio and I listened, and it said kind of an all clear and so on. Let's stop and take a break and, and come back and talk about uh, something that I found on the on the, your weather page, uh, the the weather service page on the. Uh, on the internet, and that is the uh, some some news about uh, about hurricanes. And not not the story, the total prediction yet, but but you know what I'm talking about. That they, they're going to change the base for what is an average year, and think there may be a few extra ones and so on. But anyway, we're talking with uh, with uh, Nick Petro tonight, who is with the National Weather Service at the Centennial Campus of NC State University, and we're talking about the weather. And we'll be back to do some more of that right after this. Tom Kearney on the Tom Kearney Show, and our guest tonight is Nick Petro of the National Weather Service. Nick, I was going to ask you about this thing that I discovered to, 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 today. Actually, it was a couple of days ago. I, first thing I do every morning is I come in and they turn the computer on, and there's the, the, the page for the National Weather Service with all the goodies that are on it and the things that you can click on. And up at the top it said something about hurricanes, so I thought, well, Nick's going to be on Thursday night. Maybe I better check this out. And and what I, what I got was, uh, I've got it up on my screen now, it says average Atlantic hurricane season. And what is an average season apparently has just been changed from uh, averaging out uh, 1981 to, to 2010, I guess, to 1991 to 2020. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Absolutely, Tom. So, uh, you know, we always... Um... The word normal, you know, sometimes we talk about normal temperature, you know, normal rainfall, normal hurricanes, uh, normal hurricane season. The word normal is just kind of a, I don't know, sometimes I don't like to use the word normal because really normal is, is nothing more than the 30-year average. So to determine what is normal, we go back and we look at the last 30 years. So if, uh, if we want to find out what's the normal high temperature on a given day, what's the normal high temperature for, uh, for today, for example, we go back and we look at what was the high temperature on, you know, April 22nd for a 30-year period. Uh, typically we do them, you know, um, you know um, like, for example, um, the, the most recent normal for today would have been determined from the period uh, 1990 through 2020. So we use a 30-year period that's kind of rounded up by the nearest, you know, decade, if you will, and, and we determine that okay, you know, the the, the high temperature, uh, the the last 30 years high temperature on April 22nd occurred. You know, we we list out all those temperatures and then take the average of it all. Well, we do the same thing with hurricanes. So so um, this number was just updated now. Previously, until this number was updated, we were looking at the average number of hurricanes from the period of 1980 through 2010. And uh, some folks may even remember what we would talk about, you know, on, when I would be on your show in previous, uh, previous times, and, and we'd talk about the normal hurricane season being 12 hurricanes, uh, or tw I'm sorry, 12 named storms, 6 hurricanes, and 3 major hurricanes. Well, as you can imagine, uh, um, you know, obviously a new decade has come along and uh, new normals were calculated based on the 30-year period 1990 to 2020. 
And those 30 years have been pretty active. So uh, based on the fact that uh, it's been an active 30-year period from, from 1990 to, to 2020, the normal or the average, if you will, number of, of hurricanes each season has gone up. So, uh, so anyway, uh, an average season now uh, basically is 14 named storms, seven hurricanes, and three major hurricanes. The number of major hurricanes hasn't changed. So it's uh, 14, 7, and 3. So uh, so anyway, um, you know, 14, that's a lot of named storms. So even, <laughs> you know, even the normal season now, based on now, uh, you know, based on the, the latest 30-year average, you know, that's, that's a busy, that's a, that's a, that's a normal, uh, or I should say that's an active season. So, uh, and, and, and that's just because the last 30 years have been real active. So, uh, so anyway... Um, yeah, so that's basically the gist of the headline um, that you saw there on our top news of the day at weather.gov slash Raleigh. Well, I, and it's indicative, I think, of the fact I remember uh, that the 70s and 80s were not particularly active. We'd had some pretty, a lot of activity in the 50s and 60s, particularly the 50s. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that doesn't mean there weren't any hurricanes, but it wasn't uh, the kind of thing that, and so when you take those, Fairly low ones often replace them with with the with the teens, you know, from 2010 to 2020. There's been a lot of activity, you know, with some of those years. For instance, last year was a very, very, very active year. And I guess we should say uh, that uh, uh, on that same page, it told us about the change from the average. They indicated that the the hurricane prediction would come out in mid to late May. So we have something to look forward to. And, I guess we'll just have to invite you back to talk about that, Nick. <laughs> well, there have been a few um, universities that have issued their seasonal forecasts. I don't know if you'd like for me to, to kind of um, uh, uh, allude to, to those if you'd we've like. Got, we've got about happen. a minute, just about a minute left, so if you can do it in a minute, uh, or we can come back after after the news, but we've got to take a break. But uh, Yeah, so, so just real quickly, um, all the universities like uh, Colorado State, NC State, um, they've, uh, they've, they're showing um, a likelihood of, of above-normal hurricane season. So, you know, 17 or 18 named storms, eight hurricanes, uh, three or four majors. So it looks like uh, we might be in for another uh, active uh, 2021 hurricane season. But I guess what we have to say is that old radio phrase, just stay tuned and we'll find out what's going what's to happen. But, uh, but now we know that the... the the determination of what is average is going to be on a new baseline for this year because of the 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 the, the, the average period, the base period being rolled over a little bit. We're talking with Nick Petro of the National Weather Service, stationed at the Centennial Campus of the National Weather Service at NC State University, and uh, we're going to come back and talk about the weather some more in just a couple of minutes right after we check the news on WPTF. 34. Tom Kearney here. This is uh, at least right in the middle of the program after we've checked the news and before we go back to our nightly guest where we do a little promoing and that uh, means that uh, I tell you that tomorrow, tomorrow night, Friday night, is Friday night trivia night. Uh, Monday night, Ernie Dollar, who is the director of the City of Raleigh Museum, is going to be on and uh, April, particularly late April, is a very historical time in Raleigh's past and also in Durham's, the, uh, the last the, the sur surrender of one of the last significant armies in the Confederacy took place uh, in the last week of April in 1865, and uh, 
the, the uh, army of General William Tecumseh Sherman had been in Raleigh paying a visit just before that. So we're going to have something to talk about, and it's always fun when Ernie comes and, and talks with us. And next week, I'm not sure which day yet, uh, Dr. Funkhauser is going to be here for uh, the, the list of those who have passed and who deserve to be remembered. Necrology is what we call it. And so we hope you'll tune in each and every night. We're here 9 to 10 every night, and we, we welcome your attention. Uh, meteorologist uh, Nick Petro is with us tonight. Nick, you've answered most of the questions I had on my list, but I know you're always loaded with information that is appropriate for the times. Is there Where, where do we need to go now? So uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, Tom, was uh, since we're on the topic of, of tropical season and, and hurricanes, um, so uh, the, the National Hurricane Center um, is going to start issuing its tropical weather outlook uh, now in the middle of May instead of June 1st. Now, what, that doesn't mean that the hurricane season itself has changed. Uh, the, the hurricane season, season still officially begins on the 1st of, uh, of, of June. But, uh, but now the, the National Hurricane Center is going to be uh, basically keeping a close watch on the tropics and issuing their daily summary of, of what is out there, if anything, in the middle of May instead of waiting till the 1st of June. And, 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 and I thought that was interesting to pass along because you remember the last couple of years, gosh, I think it was the last, at least the last three or four years in a row, there have been early season storms, uh, uh, storms in, 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 uh, in the month of May. I think we had two of them last year. Uh, if I'm not I know we had at least one, one last year, yes, yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting about those early season storms is that typically, uh, if they're going to happen, they happen right off the coast of, of the Carolinas because that's really where the water is the warmest and is warm enough to support tropical cyclone activity. So anyway, I, th- I, thought, that would, I thought that was interesting to mention because, you know, the National Hurricane Center recognizes the fact that uh, the last couple of years have been pretty busy in May, even though the official season doesn't begin till June first. So, uh, so anyway, I, I just thought that was an interesting uh, uh, news uh, news uh, item to uh, to pass along. So, um, so yeah. Now, does that mean that this year there will be a May storm? Well, no, not necessarily. Um, but uh, but but I've looked at as, as we sort of uh, left off uh, before the break. You know, um, some universities that have gone and and made predictions for this upcoming hurricane season, like Colorado State University, even NC State um, has, a, has a group there that predicts uh, what the tropical season may be like. Um, and there's been a, a couple other private entities and uh, a couple, um, uh, you know, uh, like uh, one of the, the big national uh, uh, weather um, uh, channels there, uh, they, they, they've come out with their own forecast. And nearly every forecast that I've seen for this upcoming uh, hurricane season this summer, um, calls for uh, above normal activity. So, uh, so folks, uh, you know, want to keep that in the back of their mind. We still have a few months to go before the tropical season, hurricane season begins. But just know that um, you know you might want to make sure you, um, you know, this year when we have hurricane preparedness week, you, you want to make sure you go ahead and, and do that preparing. By the way, um, when is that? Yeah. And that will tell me when I need to invite you to come back. When is preparing this week for hurricanes? Yes, yeah, so that's going to be right in the middle of May. Um, in the middle so, of May, uh, okay. Yeah, so so we'll definitely uh, look forward to being on again when we get uh, 
be close to or, or, you know, right when we have hurricane preparedness week. Right, and that's when we maybe have some indications about water temperature, and I don't know whether El Nino or El whatever, I never can keep up with those, it's going to have any effect. Let me ask you a general question. I'm, I, I like to throw what I don't like to, but sometimes I end up throwing curveballs. There have been a couple of things that I don't know if, if you folks at the Weather Service get any messages or white papers or whatever about these, but one of the islands in the Caribbean just about blew itself out of existence recently because of a volcano. And there has been a volcano in Iceland that has been spewing stuff into the air. And, you know, four or five or eight years ago, one of those became so active that planes had trouble flying to northern Europe over the, the circular route because of the, the stuff that was being spewed up in the air out of that. Do you get any, any notes on things, particularly the, the one in the Caribbean? Yeah, so, so we, we basically, um, we, we don't um, necessarily track, follow, or otherwise do any sort of prediction for volcanic activity. We leave that to the uh, USGS, but uh, when there are uh, eruptions and there's a lot of volcanic ash uh, in the air, um, we do have a product that uh, we can issue to advise, you know, the aviation industry that, uh, that there will be a lot of... Um, you know, perhaps either reduce visibility or some ash that could, uh, you know, uh, cause uh, air quality issues up at the uh, flight level. But, well, uh, you know the... but uh, yeah, so so we do have that capability. But um, but uh, generally speaking, you know, tracking the uh, volcanic activity itself is something that we generally, um, you know, uh, don't don't do on a day-to-day. Well, I read part of a historical article recently. Uh, you know, because sometimes that ash, if it's, there's enough of it, can affect the weather. And there's a there's a famous year in, in American history. The 1816 was the year with no winter or something like that, and, or no summer. I, I think that was what it was, no summer, because they had a big volcanic eruption somewhere, and it, it clouded the sun. And, you know, it blocked out a lot of the sun's in, injury. And so uh, the winter, was, the summer was a lot cooler and uh, affected the growing of, of stuff and so on. So that was really what was behind my asking the questions because I, I know the, the weather can be affected by a, a lot of things, as a matter of fact, and I keep looking for the things that, that you know, in fact, may affect them. Anything else that we need to, to look at now? Well, well I, I just, just to, to kind of close the, that, uh, that loop, uh, it would take uh, quite a bit of, it would take a massive um volcanic eruption to produce the kind of, uh, you know, reduction in sunlight to, to cause, uh, you know, I, the, the, the summer that you're uh, referencing where it was much below, uh, below normal temperatures uh, because of the block sunlight, that, that's probably, you know, once in, gosh, 500,000 year type, uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, type, yeah. Uh, type volcanic eruption. So nothing like that uh, underway at the time or, or this, uh, forthcoming that I'm aware of. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm, I've always been a kind of a student of the the, the, the volcano in, in the, uh, uh, let's see, let's see, East Indies, uh, where Indonesia is now, Krakatoa, which erupted in, I think, 1881 or something like that, and in fact did that, that very kind of thing. It affected the around-the-world weather for, not, not severely, but it did have an effect, at least the, the people who judged it, said it had an effect, and so on, and so And uh, we don't have a lot of uh, 
earthquakes or volcanic eruptions in this part of the world, but the Caribbean does have some. I know Martinique or, or some island in the Caribbean just about blew itself out of existence about 20 years ago. I think half the island was covered with volcanic uh, material or one, you know, running out, not just ash and so on. But anyway, I'm, I'm wandering pretty far away from the weather here. Reload your gun to talk about the weather, uh, Mr. Petro, because we're going to take a break now. When we come back, I'm going to give you the floor, and you can spread the information. Is that okay? That sounds great, great Tom. Nick Petro of the National Weather Service is our guest. Tom Kearney here. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. It is 947 on the night of uh, April 22nd in the year 2021. Tom Kearney show on WPTF. As I said at the beginning, uh, we're on every night Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 with a little bit of live radio. We publish our schedule, by the way, on the WPTF uh, homepage every Monday morning, and we, it tells what's going to be on for the coming week. And if you looked at it this week, it would say that on Thursday night, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service was going to be our guest. We try to have Nick come. We usually don't like for it to go much longer than six weeks. Sometimes it's four weeks. Uh, and uh, try to keep us up with the changing season and the changing weather and uh, learn of anything new that the National Weather Service has to offer in ways of looking or or, as he said earlier, telling us about what is going to come up. And we're going to turn it back to him. I'm going to hand him back the ball and let him run for the goal line. Nick, good evening again. Hey, Tom. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, so, so the one thing I wanted to, to, to um, mention to folks, you know, because we are in the peak of the severe weather season, um, you know, severe weather can, can run through not, not only uh, March, April, and May, but, you know, we can have severe weather pretty much any month of the year. And uh, one of the biggest thunderstorms I remember, um, one of the most memorable thunderstorms I remember, uh, was uh, occurred in actually in, in January, believe it or not, where we had a uh, squall line move through, and we had um, uh, just an incredible, uh, on radar we call them bow echoes, where, you know, it's, it's like a line of storms, but then they take the shape of a bow. And, uh, and and usually at the apex of the bow, there's that's where you find the, the you know the real peak of the wind. And this bow echo, the peak of the wind, uh, it it went across the uh, airfield at RDU, and I believe there was a wind gust. I want to say it was uh, uh, in the low 90s, 86 knots, I believe, and that actually broke the all-time record for the highest wind gust at RDU, which previously set was previously set with Hurricane Fran. Now, believe it or not, um, a, a wintertime thunderstorm broke the, the, the Hurricane Fran wind gusts at RDU. And um, and then I remember just north of RDU, um, I can't remember the name of the, of, of the highway, but up by uh, Wake Forest, um, there was a, a swath of trees um, that was blown down. I, I think it was Highway 98, yeah, if I remember. I was going to say it's probably 98, yeah. Yeah, 98 up by uh, Falls Lake, and, and there was just an incredible swath of trees that was blown down. And, and you know, that type of storm, obviously it's not a, it's not a tornado, but it can produce that, that type of, of, of thunderstorm where you have a powerful bell echo um, with, you know, wind gusts of 80 or higher mile per hour, that can cause tornado-like damage. 
And uh, but but you know, in the past, you know, it was hard to convey the seriousness of that type of severe thunderstorm because ordinarily we issue a severe thunderstorm anytime we expect uh, wind gusts of 60 miles per hour or stronger or hail the size of an inch or greater. But but you know, when 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 winds get you know, when we have 60 mile per hour wind gusts. That might blow, you know, a handful of trees down, a couple trees down here, a couple trees down there. But when you get up around 80, that's when you start seeing huge swaths of trees down, you know, structural damage, you know, parts of roofs blown off. That can really, really, uh, the, the amount of damage could drastically increase once you get into the low 80s and even higher than that. So uh, this, this summer, um, beginning in mid-July, the National Weather Service is going to start categorizing uh, the strength of severe thunderstorms by wind and hail size. And what that will do is if we expect uh, wind, wind gusts of 80 mile per hour or stronger, now again, this isn't tornado, this is just straight line winds with a severe thunderstorm, um, or if we expect uh, uh, basically like um, baseball size hail or larger, um, what that will do is that will trigger emergency wireless emergency alerts on your cell phone, which is, is, a, is a great thing to have because uh, now whenever we issue tornado warnings, uh, those warnings uh, get delivered to everybody's cell phone. You know, and, and almost everybody these days has a cell phone. So, so you know, whenever we uh, transmit tornado warnings, almost everybody gets those warnings. But oftentimes... Uh, very frequently we see that folks aren't aware that uh, a severe thunderstorm warning has been issued, um, unless they have the TV on or unless they have the radio on or, or perhaps they have a no weather radio. Um, whereas now when we do issue a severe thunderstorm warning and it's the type of winds that can really do serious damage, uh, they uh, folks will start to get those on their cell phones as well. So again, just to kind of recap, it's not every severe thunderstorm warning, but severe thunderstorm warnings that have wind gusts identified of 80 miles per hour or stronger. Those will now get delivered to people's cell phones, just like tornado warnings. So that'll be a real, real benefit to let people know, hey, this isn't just your ordinary severe thunderstorm warning. This is the kind that you need to treat it like as if it's a tornado. So I think that's a great feature, Tom. That, uh, that, that we're going to be starting in mid-July. Well, you know, one of the wonderful things, I've been working at WPTF for a long time now, and if I can take about a minute and a half of your time, when we first started, it, we, we uh, uh, when I first started, the, the putting a weather alert, you know, a warning or, or, or a watch or something, particularly a warning, which you know means something is out there and you better watch out for it, was a very cumbersome thing. It, you know, uh, the Weather Service had to call us and say, I want to put a broadcast on, you know, with a warning, and we had to arrange with uh, WQDR so they could duplicate it to our sister station, and and the whole thing took, it could take four or five minutes, and when you folks do something now, it, it sort of fits into the chain of going out right away. I mean, it's instant, you know, uh, uh, whether it's on the radio stations, the normal weather, or these apps that you're talking about, once your guy has primed the pump, it's ready to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I, I remember even, you know, uh, even when I started in the weather service 20 years ago, uh, you know, we were still um, typing up the uh, the warnings. Now, with the way the tools that we have to create a warning, 
you know, from the moment I'm sitting there looking at radar to the moment I decide I want to issue a warning, you know, if I'm sitting there and I decide, okay, I need to issue a warning, I could have that warning created and disseminated within 90 seconds or less. And then from that point, you get it on your cell phone or, or, or hear it on no weather radio probably another, you know, 30 seconds later. So uh, the system has, uh, has greatly improved its efficiency and more importantly, its speed so that you can have more time. We call that lead time. Uh, so you have more time to prepare and get to your storm shelter. And in, in the case of tornadoes, unlike hurricanes, it's, it's time is very important because sometimes you don't have very much time. We have about a minute left. Do you have anything like uh, Skywarn training or anything like that that you want to mention? Well, I do want to remind folks to check out our top news of the day um, at weather.gov slash Raleigh. And, and right now we don't have any uh, online courses. In fact, I'm right in the process of organizing some. So if you want to see when our uh, newest um, spotter trainings are coming up, uh, be sure to check us out on uh, weather.gov slash Raleigh. And right there at the top, as soon as you go to that web page, uh, we'll, we have, uh, we'll, oftentimes we'll list our Skywarn classes there. But just again, a quick reminder, because, uh, uh, you know, I, I like to do gardening, uh, you know, as one of my hobbies. And, and I had to bring all my plants in uh, yesterday evening, uh, at least my potted plants and cover others up. I just want to remind folks one more time, that uh, temperatures right now, if you're in the Triangle region, are uh, falling quickly. Well, temperatures are falling like a rock. Uh, right now, it's, uh, gosh, it's 38 at Henderson and, and 45 down in Clinton and uh, 43 at RDU. So we are headed into the into the low to mid-30s for lows tonight. And if you do have outdoor plants Nick, and vegetation, got to cover it up. Thanks for the warning. Thanks for being with us tonight. And we've got to go.